All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to Brains, Beauty, and Beats. And I'm your host, Bria. This is episode two. If you didn't see episode, or if you didn't listen to episode one, you should probably go back and listen to it. It's about college culture, and it gives you some general idea of my personal life. But in this episode, we are definitely going to dive a lot deeper and get a lot more into what's going on with me. And so this episode is titled Mental Health Check. Now, this as a title came from an actual concept. First, mental health check was a thing that me and my sister used to do. We had uh, falling out at some point, you know, we had an argument and we just both came to the conclusion that we were not checking up on each other enough. We just assumed that each other was okay. And this is something that I also do with my strong friends or my mom. I just assume that if I if they don't come to me and tell me that something is wrong or if I don't hear anything from them that seems wrong or if I don't see anything that may be off or abnormal, then I just assume that everything is okay. And I think that that is a really bad habit that a lot of people have developed and I myself am guilty of this. I am the strong friend. I am the one that usually if you don't hear anything, you know, about me or if you don't hear anything bad from me or see any bad behavior, then that means that I'm doing okay. But sometimes that's not a good enough or a clear enough indication of what's actually going on in someone's life. Sometimes your strong friend is really going through something, but they're smiling through it instead of suffering through it. And that is why mental health checks are so important. And so me and my sister, like I said, we had our disagreement and then we came to the conclusion that we needed to do mental health checks. Once we started doing them, it was just like, hey, how are you doing? How was your day? Mental health check right there. And that's all that we would say. And it'd be like, you know, things went really good today. My day was really good. And um, I had this positive thing happen. Or, you know, today really wasn't that great. This happened and that happened and this happened and that happened. But I think I'll be okay. And we started doing them kind of daily. Um outside of them being daily things we did them you know every so often whenever we thought about each other or whenever we just wanted to know and wanted to check in with each other sometimes i would hear like something across my apartment and be like ah mental health check (laughs) are you okay you're in there screaming you're you're good (laughs) and it would be her screaming about an assignment or something that probably wasn't that serious but Either way, it's just really important, I think, to do mental health checks because, again, this is something that I had to kind of learn to do. I learned from her coming to me and telling me, I don't feel like you're checking up on me enough. And because I falsely assumed that she was okay, I just I just didn't ask. I just was like, you know, if she needs anything, she'll come to me. And that's not always the case. And I'm also guilty of doing that. Sometimes if something is really bothering me, I won't tell anybody. I won't say anything to anybody about it. I will just be like, oh, I'll figure it out. And 
really sometimes that is an opportunity for you to reach out to your loved ones, an opportunity to reach out to your friends and say, hey, this is what's going on with me, or this has been weighing on my mind a lot lately, or this has really been bothering me today. Let's talk about it. And so mental health checks, first of all, are very important in my household. Um, And I try to apply them to other aspects of my life after uncovering the fact that you know, I don't do mental health checks enough, especially with my quote unquote strong friends. I started hitting them up more, talking to family members more and just, you know, seeing if they were okay. Hey, I just wanted to talk to you, see how things are going. Or, you know, I would send good morning texts like good morning, beautiful, conquer the day today. Don't let anybody steal your happiness. Sending out things to remind them that, you know, they are in control. They have the power to determine whether or not they let something that may be negative and out of their control that happens during their day shift their focus of their day. You know, I think every day you wake up and you have or you determine some type of a focus. Most days I try and wake up and I focus on getting to class on time, which may be really small. When you think about it, it seems so minuscule. But for instance, today and yesterday, your girl made it on time to class, all of her classes. And I was engaged in my classes and I tried to make it early to some of them. And I did. And those were big accomplishments for me just because I have a track record of not really holding myself accountable when I'm late because there aren't very many consequences built in to the syllabi to say, okay, well, you're going to get points off your final grade if you're late. That doesn't really happen. So I made it a point to myself to say, okay, if this is supposed to be a professional setting, I'm supposed to be conducting myself as a professional. I need to start showing up more on time to things in general, especially to classes, which I take for granted that, you know, I am not valuing other people's time. So again, this is a small goal, a small focus for me every day. Sometimes it varies or changes, but to start off with, that's what I'm focused on. And um, I send out some reminders in the morning or I'll get some from my friends. And it really does feel good when somebody just texts you and says, hey, not even explicitly, but like, hey, I thought about you today. I thought about you so much this morning that I sent you a message and told you to have a good day. And for somebody who is a high functioning person with depression, or anxiety like myself, that means a lot because sometimes that can make the difference of how your entire day is going to lay out. So again, these mental health checks are really, really important. Now I'm in a unique situation where my support system in particular is very strong. I have a lot of good people around me. In episode one, I talked about having the mobility to allow and disallow people in my life 
and I I take that very personally. Um, I'm very serious about good energy around me, good people around me, and people that are going to teach me something, people that are going to help elevate my psyche and, you know, really transform my position in life. People that I can grow with, people that are going places, people that I get excited for their future. I have a very strong support system in place, like my mom, my family, my friends, all of them in some way, shape or form motivate me. And I, I realized that this is a privilege to have a very strong support system. This is not the normal. Like when I talk to some of my other friends, they don't have as strong support systems as I think I do. And that's just my personal opinion. And I wish I could change that for them. You know, I wish that they could meet some other amazing people that I've met. I wish that they had more friends that motivated them the way that my friends motivate me and my family motivates me. But either way it goes, I think something that's really important to recognize about mental health is that your support system, if there's a shift in that, it can shift your mental health. And the stronger your support system is, probably the stronger chances there are for better mental health, better behaviors and healthier habits for you and in your life. And so something that a lot of people you know, don't necessarily grapple with or think about when they think about a support system is counseling. I think a lot of the times, especially in my community, the black community, we do not necessarily look to counseling as an option to get through mental health issues. And that is very concerning for me personally. Um, But it's also something that I just don't really understand. So if you can maybe have some type of an opinion or, you know, a perspective on it that you can share with me to try and make me understand where the stigma for counseling and services comes from in the black community or in any community, really um, drop it below in the comments. Let's talk about it. But I know from my experience, again, this is just me personally, I went because Last semester, I told y'all I was going to get deep. Y'all ready? So last semester, I went to sign up for counseling because I had a very traumatic experience happen and it sent me into my depression and it really just derailed everything that I had going on. I mean, sis, I was a wreck and I mean, I'm a lot better now, but as far as last semester, it was tough trying to get through classes. In episode one, I talked about how I failed a class. I failed that class last semester. Again, senior in college. First time failing a class, I failed it last semester. And it was because of my mental health. And you know, a lot of people don't take advantage of the resources on campus. I'm one of those people that I just was like, I will barrel down, I will get through it. I don't need any more help than my support system. I don't have to step outside of my support system to get 
get through my issues. And it took for a friend of mine at the time to say, hey, have you ever thought about going to counseling? Because this is an issue that's that's bigger than you, it's bigger than me, it's bigger than your support system, and a professional could probably really help you through this. And my answer was, well, no, because, you know, I just, I've never thought about it. My parents have never gone. It's never been a conversation that I've had with them. And honestly, I was scared. I think anytime that you're stepping into the unknown, there is fear, right? Like there are very few expectations that you can put towards that situation. You know, just not knowing is scary. Like it's just, ah. and because my parents had never gone through counseling, never talked to me about counseling or anything, not that I know of, at least I'll say, I was scared. And I signed up to go to counseling. I got there and you know what I did? I sat there in that office and I cried. I mean, I bawled my eyes out thinking, what is wrong with me? Why can't I just get over it? Why can't I just get through it? I've been through this before. Why is it that this time it's really taking a bigger toll on me? What is the problem? I really need professional help? It's that bad to where I need professional help? And those are things running through my mind as I'm crying in this office. and. You know, I still went through with the counseling session and I cried in there too because I told that lady my entire life story and I was just like, this is what's going on. This is how my life has been since this event happened and I really just can't get it back on track. And she told me some things that I think, again, I had taken for granted in order to fix my attitude or my outlook on what was going on in my life at that time. First of all, she told me about my habits. She said, are you eating, sleeping right, and taking care of yourself? And I said, absolutely not. No, I wasn't. I was not sleeping right. I was very much so up at all times of the night missing sleep always up in the wee hours of the night just worrying about things it could be anything i would just worry all the time i was not eating right at all um i've never eaten right my whole life at least not on purpose <laughs> if i can eat unhealthy foods i'm gonna eat unhealthy foods <laughs> um but i i wasn't putting forth a conscious effort to eat right or get on some type of a sleeping schedule. And I definitely was not taking care of myself in any way, shape or form in, in whatever that meant, you know, like even something as simple as making sure that 
I had a mental break from homework or something like that. I wasn't doing that. And I took it for granted because it's something that I felt like was minuscule. Like it had nothing to do with what I just told her. I'm like, lady, I just told you my whole life story. I share with you everything. The reason why I'm suffering and the only advice you have to give to me is that I need to get on a sleeping schedule and eat better. But when I started to actually apply those things, I started to feel better. Sleeping, first of all, honey, I don't know how I got off of my sleeping schedule, but sleeping really does make a difference in your mental health because I think you think clearer when you get enough sleep. You can process your thoughts better when you get enough sleep. A lot of the time I will worry more when I didn't have as much sleep as I needed to to get through the day. And breaking that pattern of being up in the middle of the night was difficult, but it was doable. And so my sleeping habits, my eating habits, my hygiene habits improved. I tried to incorporate me time. I started to get aligned with my spirituality and just find balance in my life. Um, Finding just something to put my focus on when I was in the middle of worrying, finding something to put my focus on when I was in the middle of having an anxiety attack or having anxiety at three o'clock in the morning and I just couldn't breathe. (laughs) Um, Finding something to just center me and get me back to the reason as to why I am here right now. That was key. Um, And I had to learn to, one, and I will pass these tips off to you guys. One, I had to invest time in myself. It is impertinent that after class now, I go in my room and I unwind for an hour. I need an hour to myself. I even installed apps on my phone to make sure that I dedicated at least one hour. They remind me at nine o'clock at night, whether or not I take that hour or whether I take that hour at a different point when I get back home, I'm taking an hour to myself to de-stress, to call my friends, to watch TV, or to scroll on my phone, to just do something to relax my mind and get in the mindset that I need to be in order to be productive. And that was impertinent. Establishing that was kind of hard. Um, Like I said, these apps that I downloaded on my phone helped me out with that. But It was impertinent that I found time to invest in myself to clear my mind and that cut back a lot on the worrying and that made me feel even more productive because I'm like, okay, I'm worrying about something. Let me start planning out a solution to it instead of just sitting and worrying about it and being like, well, I don't know how that's ever going to get fixed. I don't know how that's ever going to come together. I don't know how that's ever going to get solved. So I might as well just not even think about it anymore. Or I might as well just keep worrying about it until I can't worry about it no more. That makes absolutely no sense. And so I invested time in myself after class. I always would and still do have my hour of time to myself. My next tip, tip two, write it down. If something is really bothering you, something is really on your mind heavy, write it down. I find little sticky notes and stuff all the time where I'm just like, 
I don't know what space I was in when I wrote this down, but this needs to go in the trash. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know why I still have this, but I promise you writing it down, looking it over and just taking a deep breath about things that really helps. Um, number three, taking a deep breath. Speaking of that really helps with my anxiety, sometimes my depression too, but really in the middle of my anxiety attacks, I think breathe, just breathe. You are in control. Just take a breath, let it go. And this is a common de-stressing method that a lot of people use. A lot of people try and, you know, influence others to use that a lot of people just take for granted. Sometimes if you just breathe through it, you can live through it. You can get through it. It'll be fine. Um, another thing that helped me was talking things out. I talk to my friends all the time now. And a lot of the times when I'm going through things, talking it through is therapeutic. Talking it through helps me a lot. And these coping mechanisms have really improved you know, where my mental health is today and where I see things going in the future for myself in all aspects of my life. Um, and so, again, with everything that I kind of had to face to get to the point that I'm at today, I think that these tips are really important for you to use, especially if you're young, you're black, and you feel like there's a stigma against going and getting counseling because I'm still not in counseling now. I'm looking into it, but I'm still not in counseling currently. But I think it's really important to probably try and get into some counseling. So I'm going to look into it. But as far as the stigma and everything else that you face, if you really just are extremely uncomfortable with the idea of counseling, other things are in place. There are other methods to get your mental health back in alignment and to get you back in alignment ultimately. And so I leave you with those tips. And as always, I'm going to ask if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything that you've learned, please let me know below and stay tuned for the next episode of Brains, Beauty, and Beats. I am your host, Bria, and thank you once again for watching or for listening. <laughs> See you next time.